want to find out how Galactic Cosmos Tarot Money Business and everything under the sun fits together, you're going to want to listen to this episode. I'm chatting with Pamela Chen, who is known as Pamela Unicorn on Instagram and all the socials. She is someone who truly is just like this radiant sun that I see come through. She is a manifestation expert, deck creator, author, and psychic business coach who's helped result-driven spiritual entrepreneurs swirl their magic and wisdom into building a multiple six-figure soul-aligned business without having to pay thousands of dollars for ads. This episode is something that I think will touch you in some way, shape, or form if you feel like you've been wanting to add more spiritual side into your business, if maybe you've been tapping into manifestations and wondering what might not be going right, if you also have been having a hinkering for creating your own tarot deck or book, or even tapping in with the cosmos. We went through a lot, so feel free to take what feels good for you, but also understand that everyone's journey is different. So I always believe like take whatever feels good for you and drop the rest, but I know that this podcast and episode is going to be something that you really want to stick around for especially at the end where I'm actually doing a live cash flow channeling session around her free simon money spell where I actually talk about the frequency of it the action step that I gave her and also what it wanted to tell her the frequency of the offer so in case you want to hear more about that go check it out below and talk to you guys later guys I'm super stoked to chat with Pamela this is going to be such a good episode for anyone who just I think wants to immerse themselves in the energy that is her, that is what you bring off, but also these different topics that download that come through you that you already have mastered that really just flow through. I think it's going to be something for anyone who is wanting to bring in new chapters of their business, who are wanting to double down on certain things is going to be perfect for you. So I'm super stoked to chat with you. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. I am super, yeah, I think it's going to be something that I want to make sure people realize too, when we're talking about this kind of stuff, the first thing I think is going to be curious for anybody, I think it's always on anyone's mind, is in the online space, I think we're used to the non-tangibleness of it, the the virtual experiences, the, the businesses where we kind of create everything in this beautiful online realm, but outside of that, we don't really feel it. And mm. I think what's very unique about you is you have actual physical products that are different than just, you know, mm. the, the oils and crystals, but it's something like a physical manifestation, a creation that you've done, these decks, these books. Mm. And I'd love to take a second to just chat about for you, not even what got you into it, but what was the experience of your first deck to now where you're at now? Like how did the evolution change for you? And how did you just know, like, I got to go for it? Yeah. So the first deck was actually, actually all of the decks is for me. So it's something that I want that is not out there, but I know other people would want to. <laughs> so that's the most important part. You have to have an audience, right? Even for business. And so my first deck was the Crystal Unicorn Tarot that I self-published because there was no unicorn decks out there. Mm. That one was pretty easy because all I did to my artist was, hey, take the Rider White Smith and make it unicorns make it pastel, make it unicorns, the end. So that one I crowdfunded, which was really fun for me. I already kind of new business. So creating a deck self-publish is like creating a business. Yeah. My first, uh, my first published traditional published deck with Llewellyn is actually the Witchling Academy Tarot. Mm. And that was challenge <laughs> that, was, that was like my first ever written you know manuscript because the crystal unicorn tarot was a little white book and which link academy tarot I had to 
write, I believe 25,000 words, right? Wow. Which is, which is little now for me. Yeah. It's like, I can do it in like <laughs> 10 days, but that one, I wrote three, my manuscript three times. Oh my gosh. I, they made me write it three times because I didn't know how to write tarot. It was, it's very different. And so you want in, in the tarot book, Llewellyn makes sure that the, the reader gets an experience and it's not just you putting words on a paper for anything. There's a specific formula. And so I was learning the formula learning how to write when, when I feel good writing and my, you know, my system, I write very differently from other people. And you're probably going to write differently from me. So I write when I get that inspiration. And I'll batch out, I'll spend like four hours writing and I'll get a whole bunch done instead of daily, just because I can't commit to daily and I don't want to force my inspiration to come. So Witchling Academy Tarot was challenging, but it was fun. <laughs> it was very learning. My artist was also 19 years old from her first artwork that we submitted. And I don't even know how we got in. <laughs> You'll wow. notice completely different artists. I think we got in through calendar time. They were really busy with the calendars and they just got us in. I don't even know how. Wow. Anyways, so she actually up-leveled throughout our process together. We almost got canceled because her artwork wasn't good enough because she was an anime artist and she doesn't do backgrounds. But you know, tarot, you need backgrounds. So it's very different. There's stuff going on. Um, now though, I feel like the way that I find my artists co-find cause Llewellyn, you know, the publishers make the last decision is more, I have more expertise in it. I know what to look for. They need to have a certain element in their artwork for us mm. to sign them. Right. Cause they need to sell 50,000 decks or whatever. That's yeah. so interesting. Mm -hmm. And then my first book, uh, Enchanted Crystal Magic, that was actually very easy to write because I already wrote one manuscript and that was like my soul book, a soul wisdom. I already knew all about crystals. I play with crystals. I've been working with crystal magic. So I just kind of dumped it in. They, you know, Llewellyn gives you basically you're, you're, you're free to create whatever you want. They will let you know if something needs to be edited, but I didn't have my voice cut or anything like they allowed mm. me I mean I put my knight of the cups in the witchland camp tarot was her in a unicorn onesie you know <laughs> so I thought they were very supportive I did have tons of edits tons yeah. of edits now I have less edits which is awesome and I just want to you know let your audience know that anybody can do this because I didn't have the best schooling. I partied a lot in high school and I didn't go to college. I didn't study anything. I don't rem even remember writing an essay, but I did take a lot of copywriting courses for my business. Mm. So it's not like I didn't do anything and all of a sudden I could do this. I read a lot, <laughs> but you don't have to have the credentials or whatever, you know, certain credentials to be able to write, you know, get a really good editor. Yeah. So now it's like, download I can create a proposal in like a day if it comes oh, yeah. I try not to force it so I know it works now if it just flows and if it comes immediately yeah that makes total sense and I love that you actually mentioned something that I I try and share more with my audience too that everyone's writing style like the literal way that they want to write is different that I think everyone knows like your voice is different but literally for you too I'm very similar in a way I can't write copy every single day it would make right. me want to just like brain rot even though I literally help people with their copy I'm like we got to do it max two times or three times a week because your brain 
like you, your, your brain needs space, but also your heart, like you as a creative, like you're not meant to do everything daily unless somehow like your heart is lit up by it. But I find that's hopefully a reminder for so many people who are listening to this, that you don't have to do that. You know, what's it called? Do a small step every single day in order to get there. You can have these really beautiful deep dive sessions that allow you to build that skill. That's still custom to like what your actual like heart is wanting it to be. Yeah. It's really funny because I'll like type and then I'll just, you know, I like to get all my things out and then I'll just be sleeping on the, I type on the couch. I type everywhere, but I'll usually (laughs) type on the couch and then I'll be sleeping with my computer and my boyfriend thinks I just sleep all day. Cause I mean, I just like typed out like 10 cards, you know, my brain is done. I'll take a nap. I'll wake up and I'll do it again. You know, what's so funny. I find whenever I take naps, I always get that those type of like ideas. So I have to have my phone or something yeah. near me because like your brain's finally shut off in a way where you're allowing to receive. So your brain like, here's all of the ideas that you were waiting for. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> Let me go write them all. Yeah. And I actually want to say something about listening to other people because mm-hmm. so I had someone who told me I had to write 30 minutes a day. And it didn't work for me. Or they told me before I submit my proposal, I have to research for a year. And or like, you know, that was like, that was, that's a long time. And sometimes, I mean, things do percolate within me. Like I have an idea and I just kind of let it grow naturally. If I read something or I'll research a little bit, but I don't really force it. And I, and if it comes in two weeks, it comes in two weeks. I don't give myself a timeline for it. I just make sure now that I know how to create a proposal and it depends on what publisher too you're pitching to, right? Mm-hmm. Like Llewellyn is all of like my magic, my witchy stuff, my spells. And then now we just have Hay House and I'm probably going to be pitching them all of the galactic codes, Ascension, mm-hmm. Akashic Records, Star Seeds, because that's, that's their, that's their power in the publishing industry, you know? So you have to know your audience. You have to know your publisher. That is such a good note. And it's something too, that I look back at some of my clients who had book launches, you know, through like the Harper Collins of the world where yeah. just your writing is so much different because you do have to appeal not just to the audience, but to the publisher themselves yes. because they all have their own take, their own angle with it too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's so interesting. I, I'm happy you noted that because I think a lot of people get so focused or hung up on only audience focused, you know, what the mm-hmm. audience wants, which is 100% needed. But when you are moving into pitching or, you know, elevating, having someone basically sell for you in this way, you have to meet them where they're at too. So I'm happy you mentioned that because that's something that I think is also interesting too for people to parallel, to hear your journey from self-publishing to then actually having someone help publish for you. It's actually very similar to what I'm hearing for basically any offer that you sell for any business. It's like you have that eagerness part where you're just like, let's go and do it. And you go, it's like flying by the seat of your pants, which is really a fun time. And they're like, let's go and dive in deeper. Let's make this more professional and go into like that side. So it's so interesting to see how that parallel comes through. Yeah. And you have to have the courage. I think maybe not, you don't have to be confident in your work, but you have to have the courage, courage to go and, you know, share and show up, make connections. Connections are going to be very important. And just if you get a no, you get a no, move on next, (laughs) next, next, next offer, next proposal, next publisher. So Galactic Star, actually, um, I knew it wasn't for Llewellyn. Remember, we talked about the themes and but I did pitch it to them first because they're my first publisher. And they said no. So me and Alex is like, hey, 
house and then we got and we won the contract it was crazy like I don't even know how we did that okay my publishing career is like I don't even know how this happened <laughs> but how you know it was so like divinely yeah. orchestrated because it's like that part of I don't know how I got here but I'm here <laughs> I just did but I kept going though like if Loan says no I'll give them another proposal if they say no to a deck I'll come up with something else which thankfully they don't say no that much because I do I do figure out what they want you know that's so, I mean, it's so beautiful too, to hear as well, that you have such belief in your offer ideas, like in mm. your decks, because I find that sometimes too, if you, if you have a new idea that you're still kind of fragile with where you haven't gotten that either, like double down on your own belief of it, hearing mm. a no could be something where you're like, well, I guess it's just not meant to be like this big publisher or whoever it might be said, no, I should probably just, you know, it's not the right thing or yeah. it's not the right time. So I love that you mentioned, it's not really about the offer being wrong, just maybe the person or the publisher, yeah. it's not the right fit. It definitely could be both, but I know when I write a really good proposal, I'm just like, <laughs> I would, I would, I would pick up my book or deck. That is so good. So I do want to chat about this new deck you're going into. And before we even go into that as well, when your evolution, you just mentioned how now you're at the way of a proposal that you can write like in a day, which is yeah. like kudos because you, you've spent that time doing it. When you look back at someone at you, when you like first self-published, when you first were like getting your legs, what do you feel like really helped you to continue to power through during those times where you weren't really sure maybe what was going to work out, if it was going to like do what was either the mantras you're telling yourself, the things that kind of got you through for those who are curious about like their first deck. Yeah. So I, I got a coach. I got someone mm. to help me who knew what they were doing, just like business for decks. It is publishing. It is a business and you have to sell yourself. You have to sell your product. You have to sell yourself to the publishers, to the audience. So mm. you have to treat it like a business. I remember it took me maybe three to four contracts, two years before I was like, whoa, I'm a writer. <laughs> I literally had to tell myself every single day. And I use, this is the word that I use because I, beauty is like part of my astrology. So I need like my things to be beautiful. It doesn't really make sense. Libra Taurus, which will, am I around the wrong way? Um, I'm Virgo, Virgo, Capricorn and Leo, but I think it has to surround with like the Leo part. I, okay, I, gotcha. I just got my Vedic astrology read too, which is a completely Ooh. different thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but she confirmed that beauty, like whatever I create has to be beautiful too. Mm, so show yeah. up with beauty, have beauty, you know, sell things with beauty. So I would say to myself, I am an expert writer that writes beautifully I don't know why but, uh, but whatever works for you and I was like I write beauty and I would just say that to myself I had a sign I would remind myself that I am an amazing writer I hate editing I love editing <laughs> editing is a thing it's a whole different thing yeah. and so I would have to I kept saying I love editing I love editing so I went from 16 pages of edits to one page Wow. Carol of the Owls. I literally downloaded, I wrote the entire proposal in three days, 78 card descriptions, everything. Oh my gosh. And that one was really lucky. <laughs> and then <laughs> my, my edits came back and only had like three or four things to edit. That was like the best, easiest deck ever in the world. It's coming out March, 2023. I, I love too that people can see your literal evolution, not just the decks themselves, but also yourself and like mm -hmm. how much the 
I feel like this is for, for anybody who, who's building their body of work. You really get to see the evolution of you through your products, even though like you're not the face of them, but like how it came through is just a, a testament to what you kind of allowed yourself to evolve into and that you've been really intentional about as well. I think this is all about too, is that intention. I think that's something that as, a, as someone who does write when I feel like it, I know my best ideas are when I set the intention for whatever's going to come through is going to come through, even if it's, I don't know what it is yet to hear from you. A lot of this sounds like it was divine inspiration along with your intention. Like you were very intentional from the get-go. Mm-hmm. I kind of, well, I knew I wanted after my first deck, the second deck, I didn't, I really wanted to create, you know, like a, a witch academy deck. And so from that deck though, was when I knew I wanted to be a traditional published author. Like mm-hmm. I was hooked. I loved it. And I was like, hey, I'm going to make more. So like with anything, you have to fill up your pipeline. So you have to make sure that you have continued. I mean, if you want, you don't have, you can just be <laughs> one and done, but you have to continue produce. So I get to be really in the creative process where I create new things and ideas, propose, and you have to give yourself time to write the damn thing. (laughs) Like write the whole thing, right? Tarot now, thankfully, is, and if you read all of my decks, they're written differently, but it's so easy for me to write tarot now. It's like easy. And then books is a little bit more, but I really can like, even though this one that I'm writing right now, Sting Punk Fairy, oh, this one is taking a while. Like I'm only writing two to three cards a day. Yeah. But the good thing is you're still making movement. I think that's the biggest yeah. thing too, is like whatever movement is for you, because they literally are every deck and book that you have. I think it's beautiful because they are like a a different child who has different, you know, different personalities, different processes with. Yeah. Yeah, And you have to make sure that I know we all want, 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 want. And if you can create fast, you have to make sure you can also finish. So Mm -hmm. you don't want to overwhelm yourself. Like I know how much I can type and I give, and your publisher will work with you if you have multiple contracts, but they'll tell, you know, make sure that you can finish your work on time. Deadlines are very important. Sasha Graham told me it's deadlines and people liking you. (laughs) So this actually brings up a really good note before we dive into this deck that you have coming up, but there's this part around, like you said, balancing the deadlines, but also this whole other part of your business which is for you like the coaching it's the yeah. the actual services so I'm curious because I think everyone on here probably has some type of online course and coaching type of element so how did you balance especially when you have to give that much kind of like creative juice to balance like your other business essentially <laughs> So I'm really lucky because now last year, 2020, 2020, two years ago, I I was able to make enough in my online business to quit my job. And so Mm. I have a lot more time than if someone with a family and a job. So, but I did work for this. I did work in the beginning. Like I had two jobs and I still did writing in my business. It can be done, but I'm super grateful that now I have more time. And for me, myself, just the way that my energy is, I'm very fast. So even my co-authors or people that work with me, they they think they're fast, but then they tell me, I thought I was fast, but you're really fast. So I can create fast. Not everybody can create fast. So you have to create at your own pace. But if you tell yourself you can do this, you can quantum leap. If you have the belief that everything will just 
work out, then it's going to work out. So belief is a very important thing. It a hundred percent is. And I think sometimes too, if you've been in the business space for a minute, either you dove into it once for like your first little quantum leap jump, and then maybe you got kind of what's the word comfortable. So you haven't looked at it in a while. I find that's where a lot of people come through journey wise is they get that first kind of like dive into it. They get a little bit of some type of success and then they kind of put it on the back burner being like, I got the success now. I'm just going to drop the belief work or or the energetics work. And then it's like, well, kind of needs to be a bigger thing as you start to grow higher. So I love that you mentioned that. And I'm curious, do you have it blended in now where your business, like your coaching clients or people who are with you, do you have these, the books and decks that you have blended into your products? Or are they pretty much separate? Like if your people are coaching with you, it's, they buy it on their own if they want to, how do you kind of see that? So it parallels each other? Is it combined? What's kind of your take on it? So through my business coaching in my program, I do teach using tarot for pricing for launches. I do Mm -hmm. teach magic. So it is kind of blended, but they don't need my decks. They don't need my books. It's extra. And of course I'll do giveaways, but I don't combine it. It's just not, um, I don't know if they want it, they can buy it. (laughs) It's another way Uh, for the Galactic Star Tarot that uh, Alex and I, that's coming out with Hay House. We're actually, and this is the first time I'm really sharing this because we're just creating it now. So we are going to be launching a membership program, like a really Mm. um, affordable, membership for anybody who is ready to experience magic from the cosmos if you're a star seed and we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about like the palladians arcturians and this is everything that's going to be in our deck so Mm. that's merging together yeah that's amazing and i think that's such an easy evolution for people to realize too i noticed this as well some people start their journey with the idea or the the belief of there's something out there and others kind of have to get warmed up to the idea. But yeah. I find more and more everyone's diving into the starseed work, to the cosmos, to the galactic work, because it's just becoming that the awareness has become huge in the last few years. Yeah, because I think the more the more people that are aware the more of that energy gets expanded and the more people gets aware and so on. Trust me, when when I first learned about, you know, all of this, like aliens, star seeds and all of that, I was like, what WTF? What is this? Because spirituality and magic is very different from galactic magic. It's mm-hmm. like two different, two, two totally different things. And some people might, because it's so new, but you have to remember like psychic magic, witch spells was very new too in 2010. I was there. My my coach told me I couldn't coach magic. And now everybody's coaching magic. So galactic magic, what we are bringing now is new. And some people are still like, that's effing weird. But it's gonna, I know that it's gonna be like the next thing that is just gonna be mainstream. It's so interesting because like, as you're talking about that, the, the, the view of how, like the frequency of how both came in was so different. Like the, the magic, the witch side versus the galactic. The galactic literally comes in as, I don't remember. It was like an old movie that I grew up from um, called The Iron Giant, where it was like this huge robot, like 10 stories tall. Right? Over. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, like very huge. <laughs> yeah. And I see that for the galactic frequency. It's just like this. It's not even intimidating. It's just 
it's large compared More. to the, the witch is just a little bit smaller. It's kind of like you go from earth to the universe. There is that scope out. Yeah. And I think for, I think for most people though, they do start with practical magic. They do start with earth magic, you know, working yeah. with the plants and nature, feeling the energies of that before they get into, before they even get to introduce to like cosmic star magic, because that is really, I believe like the next level of ascension, if you choose to go that way. But I feel like we all have really the same goal. And that's just to here to help and heal and ascend, you know, humanity and earth, whether, you know, I have a friend, she's um, a shamanic channeler, the way that we teach is very different. But it all comes to the same goal. And we do share each other's magic with each other. And it's like, wow, this is what I do, but in a different way, it's all the same thing. I totally agree too about starting. A lot of people start with practical. I think I started more yeah. with Oracle cards because mm-hmm. I never had a green thumb. I love nature. I love <laughs> the ocean. I love that kind of stuff, but I could not keep the plant alive to save my life. So all the herb stuff, I was like, you know, <laughs> I'm just not there. Um, so I love that. That is, I have my cousin though. She's the opposite. She is, she loves that type of herbal magic. And I was like, oh, I, I'm so, it's so interesting to have, like you said, that those conversations that then as you progress, I think it's natural for you to look at practical magic and then manifestation because those affect your day-to-day lives. And then I Mm -hmm. feel like once you kind of hit your limit of, okay, I know all the basics, the foundations and modalities, I've gotten success from it. You kind of move past the the earthly knees. That's when you can kind of elevate and be more open to the collective side. Yeah. And I really do feel like money magic is a whole new category. It's a new thing. There is still so much blocks out there and misunderstanding about money. And even when, and that's what I teach, you know, business and money and wealth. And even when I speak about it on Instagram or posts in Facebook, I have people telling me that abundance magic is not a thing. Like that's you being selfish. Yeah. So there's still so much people scared to talk about money or or share money or be proud of money or want money so that's wow. like part of my mission to share that and like magic and manifestation with everyone because I believe everyone can get what they want yeah you mentioned something that was interesting before we even hopped on that was there's two other realms that people don't even notice when it comes to this type of work when it I think it was around the manifestation side I'm curious if those realms connect to the galactic side or are they in their own kind of parallel universe that you see it with for Mm, for the magnetic side yeah so the realms I talk about so the main two that everybody works with is the mindset the mindset and the energetic realm so everybody really talks about that in coaching so the third realm is kind of getting known with like Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dr. Sue Border. They talk about the emotional realm where Mm -hmm. your emotions and your highest level feelings is what attracts. So your thoughts and energy sends your intention out and your feelings attracts what matches to your feeling, the frequency. So I don't teach you have to be high vibe all the time. Like the other day, Mars was going crazy and I was pissed off all day. (laughs) And that's like, I don't know why, but you can have that moment as long as you're aware, you don't attach a story to it on why you are this or claim or blame other people. Well, boyfriend made me mad because this, well, I did say he irritated me, (laughs) but but, you know, if you don't (laughs) attach a story to it, it's just an emotion. It's, yeah. in my, it's lower vibe because it's more grounding vibe and it's 
letting you know that there's something that you need to shift. That's all it is. High level emotion, the high vibe is literally faster and higher in frequency, like a radio station. So if you have those emotions, your success and what you want is probably higher level. $100,000 is faster and higher than $10. (laughs) It's just, it's science, it's real. And so we have to tap into that emotional vibrational frequency to receive. Now, the the fourth realm is the physical realm. We teach Mm. all about magic. We teach about, you know, even going to the galactic, even going to the cosmos, doing the mindset work, going to the Akashic records. We do everything here, up here. And we forget that we live in a physical world. We have to bring it all down. And this is what they call embodiment. But it really means a different thing. You have to live and you have to physically own what you created. That is something too that I feel like I wish more people would have a better, what's the word, focus or attention to because as something that I, I'll be sharing more about in the next couple couple months too with the work that I've been doing with clients is a, the reason why I really love to do the channeling work, the energetic work is because Weirdly enough, it's also very somatic work. It's the body emotions because I have to actually help people to detach a lot of the negative associations they have with the words like funnel, the words like, uh, you know, sales copy, the, the, the energy that you get, which is just like, Ugh, I don't want to do it that we've kind of yeah. gotten used to and having to untangle that because any association around the somatic piece of the energy, the emotion you have towards that is going to block it. If you decide that you want to have that become part of your reality. So I love that you mentioned that because I think this part around the emotion side is something that I gets talked about a little bit when you're first in the online or I should say the the spiritual realm, like the Abraham Hicks of it, but I don't think it really drops in for people until they actually take it. I think a little bit more seriously than just being high vibe all the time. Cause that, that goes into the bypassing side that we're not a fan of. So I love that you mentioned that pairing with the physical, because it really is you're, you're a human having, you know, like you're the human experience still. So you have to bring that into the 3d world because if you don't, you'll get stuck. <laughs> you'll get stuck in everywhere outside of your own body, inside of your own heart and self. So I love that you mentioned having those back into there. Yeah. And I really think what the galactic teaches us is non-attachment mm-hmm. and non-judgment because we can't judge what other people's beliefs are. So even if you don't agree with their beliefs, if you're just like, wow, that that's their belief and we have to be okay with it. Like, you know, there's a lot of people right now that's posting, posting their own beliefs and saying other people's beliefs are bad, but how do we know from bad or good? It's their beliefs. So I think we should just honor all things. If you want to manifest money, go manifest money. If you want to manifest health, go manifest health. Like it's really your own belief and what you believe in. Yeah, it really is. Whatever you make things mean will become how they, how they come out a hundred percent. So I think it'd be a really interesting comment to talk about around the light, the, the galactic side and also how that led into the light languages, if that was kind of like a natural ascension. Yeah. And then the other thing that I think people are going to be really interested from is if some people might know it, I, I've experienced it, the Akashic Records. Where does that kind of fall in this realm of, is it in the same realm or the same kind of frequency as what now the galactic is? Do you put it where in your mind do you kind of see these things in correlation to each other? 
Yeah, so the Akashic realm is not in this space or time. So it's not in space, it's not in our galaxy. It's just like a separate thing. You can think of kind of like a parallel world, which is right next to us. But I like to think it up here because I go mm -hmm. up to the records. Yeah. And so I just put it there, but it's not really anywhere. <laughs> and Akashic Records is probably, it's very close to galactic energy because it does hold all of the information of your entire soul's journey from your past, present, future in all lives. So it holds all of the knowledge on the earth and the galaxy. Everything is in the Akashic Records. It's like a cosmic library or computer, right? That we can look up stuff if we tap into it. So I feel like that was really my introduction to the higher energies. I love working with Akashic Records. And what, and I, so I've been wanting to do light language for years. Like I was taking voice lesson. I took a lot, I took a lot of stuff. Really? <laughs> like, yes, I was trying to activate my light language for a long time. And, um, and it wasn't until actually last month when, me and my friend Alex, the one that I'm co-writing uh, Galactic Star with, we did a, what we call Akashic Quantum Hypnosis Journey. So mm -hmm. this is something that we offer to our clients. But I went up and I don't know, I just activated my light language. And that night I like started and I practiced. And from there, I just practiced every day. And now it's like, like, it's crazy. That's something that I swear, I feel like like you just said with the galactic side where it's going to become more mainstream I feel like light language is just like right behind that too it's something yeah. that I've seen my TikTok is very personalized to me. <laughs> so I think I get maybe a light language TikTok once every month on my for you page if uh. not because it's something that I haven't felt the call to search for but when you are it can be so powerful like a few times I've experienced it it's you can get chills you can get that experience that you would get almost in like a kundalini or type like higher yeah, side uh, yeah exactly mm -hmm. so how has it been for you trying to add that in to your everyday and to your business but also getting comfortable with it was there any type of resistance that you had to even being open to it as you were going through all those practices oh yeah just like anything I wanted it but then I was like how do I do it and I couldn't do it. And so I just like practice. And I mean, we're going to have a course on this that goes with our membership to oh, channel awesome. and to channel light language. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to give you like step-by-step step exactly what I did. But I remember I was, I mean, I was stuck for like two years wanting to do it. And I didn't know how, even though I took all these lessons and I just remember. So there's uh, this, actually there's an app CE5. So that's oh, like to connect okay. with the aliens. They have like star beings, gatherings, but it's really cool. And so I done, I think I did this a couple years ago for the first time. And I was like, you know, it's cool, but I was not a believer. I was, I mean, I believe there's other beings out there mm -hmm. energetically or physically, but I wasn't a believer. You know, I was still like, wow, this is kind of whack. <laughs> and then, and then I, I did the, the meditation and the connection. It's actually a very heart opening meditation, they call it. And what happened was I got these downloads and I was like, oh, that's BS. Like what, what? And then I saw my first shooting star and I was like, oh, okay. You got me. You got me star guides. Yes. <laughs> I, it's something too that I've done one of those before of that heart opening I think I connected with the 
Pleiadian. I can never say the right Ple- Pleiadians. Thank you. I was like, I can never yeah. get the plural version of it. Um, I think it was them or one others. And it was that same feeling of like, I get it. It's just more love. Like all they talk about is just like right. adding more of it and that you get like, I want more specific. So I think it's something too, like you said, you really have to, with anything that you're adding into like a frequency or something like that, you have to have your own experience with it. And some people yeah. like can drop in, like you said, it could be the the full believer automatically, or you have to kind of warm up to it and build your own relationship with it. Yeah. I mean, I was super curious and I believed, I just didn't believe, believe and, you know, and creating this deck with Alex, cause I wanted to work with her because she is a galactic priestess shaman. Mm-hmm. And I knew some, but I'm not an expert. And so, but I'm an expert in tarot and she wanted to create tarot. So it was a really good combination of our magic and, you know, but throughout it, I have to learn, obviously (laughs) I have to learn it. I have to learn what I'm creating, what I'm coaching. And so she's been a really big guide and the Akashic records and just naturally I'm, I'm very open. I really believe in anything unless I don't like it, <laughs> but I'll believe like, whatever. I feel like every belief, there's some truth in it and it's okay. It doesn't have to be my belief, but I just love like, Ooh, this, this magic. So I'm not like, Ooh, I can only do this. I really do everything. You really, at this point, I feel <laughs> I like you really do. And I think something that I really want to commend you for, cause it can be sometimes uh, a make it or break it of a true like leader is also being a great co-creator because I think sometimes mm-hmm. like you said you work really fast like when you're when you're in it you're in it and I find sometimes for other people if they haven't really been able to find the good partnerships with people like Alex or even just like an editor it can create a lot of dissonance for them so mm-hmm. what's really beautiful that I want to reflect back to you is just how beautiful you've had every situation you've been in both as like the lonesome as the partner as these things they're not easy feats to be able to switch energies and like with other people and have that dynamic because it can really be something that you have to work on it sounds like you've been you've really had an intentional space of calling in the people who are just the right match for you yeah, I mean, I'm I've been really lucky with my team. Someone who has been with me and she really runs the business <laughs> is um, my friend, and she used to be a client too, like Alex with a client. But Jen Sinky, she and she's she's now creating her own tarot deck, and she's got a mm-hmm. book contract too. But she's been like, a, but like, it. I think if you can, if you understand each other's strengths and weaknesses, like what they need help in or what you can offer. And if you talk, um, I'm not going to say that I didn't have good partnership because February this year, I just had a kind of a breakup that I needed to learn in my business. Mm. So I really broke up, you know, and stopped the 250,000. We're making, you know, multiple six figures and I gave it up because I couldn't be in partnership with someone who we didn't have the same values yeah so yeah. that happened yeah so I understand yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it sounds like like you said you also had to go through that so you could open up space for even having yeah like the better relationships or partnerships with these people yeah yeah for sure that's huge okay so I know we talked about literally everything but I want to go back to for those who are curious around like the money manifestation side how do you find this kind of connection for those who might be curious in both the galactic but also money manifestation where would you have them start or even if they felt kind of down about it what's kind of been the way that you've reignited the belief again for this type of work 
Mm, so I would say definitely read a book, listen to a podcast. And my number one thing is take a course, take a program. So I do have Money Magic Manifest that I, it's it's my eight week program to manifest money and magic. But if you aren't manifesting the things that you desire, it's because your system, something is missing in your system because mm-hmm. you're not getting the things you want and you don't know how to do it. Like I didn't know how to do light language. Right. So I had to figure out what my system is. I didn't know how I didn't have money. I didn't know how to manifest money. I had to learn that it wasn't something passed down from my parents. It wasn't something passed down from, you know, school. It was something that I went out and I invested in myself in. So you have to take the initiative and go out and learn yourself. And then the universe is going to respond. I think something too, for those who are curious, especially if they're wanting to dive in with this for you, you do have the Simon money spell, which is something that I've only recently heard more about. Again, TikTok is definitely my favorite place to find information when I'm just like looking around. I've seen some Simon money spells that I've done like the first of the month kind of stuff. So I'm curious for you, for those who haven't experienced that type of thing before, what's kind of your little, your little spiel about what Simon money spells can do for them? So it's really easy. All you really need is cinnamon and your wallet and money. Like everybody should have that. If not, yeah. you can get a coin <laughs> purse, right? And you can get cinnamon anywhere. And so it's really easy. It's really fast to do. And for me and my clients, I have people messaging me all the time and they're like, I don't, I don't do magic. This is my first spell. And I just made $2,400 or 30,000 in a month or something. So for me, I feel like because they, I guess they trust in my content, they got it and they believe that it can work, you know, to a certain point and it works. So they believe. That's huge. And I think, like you said, there always has to be that base level of belief there for anything to work, because if not, you're just kind of going against your, your own resistance. Yeah, for sure. And you don't have to believe in the thing. You can believe in the person. Like my coaches, I believe that they can help me, (laughs) (laughs) which is why I signed up, which is like the thing. I believe that they can help me and they, and then it does, obviously it does work. Yeah. It totally does. Okay. I love that. And for anyone else who's wanting to dive in even deeper on the business side, can you let them know a little bit about where they can find you, how they can work with you and any special things you're going on for the month of December? December. Yeah. So you can find everything on my Instagram at Pamela Unicorn. So at Pamela Unicorn, pretty easy. There are scammer accounts. Oh my gosh. So many that I'm having to report. (laughs) Underscore, whatever. There is none of that. So if I don't message you for readings, just heads up. Anyways, okay, at Pamela Unicorn, and I am launching Activated. It is my six-month business program that is actually, this is the first collective for it. So I had, I was running business programs before with my business partner that I separated with. And then this year I've been integrating, refining this program and now it's ready. (laughs) It's ready to be birthed. And I'm so excited. If you are someone with a lot of magic, a lot of wisdom, a lot of certifications, right? Like me, then, and you don't know how to put it together. You don't know how to swirl it into a business. You don't know what your niche is. You don't know what your offers are, but you, you feel really magical then this is for you and you want to change the world. You want to make more money, have more freedom. I'm going to teach you how you can build your business the first um, six figures and multiple six figures. 
Yeah. That's amazing. And I 100% agree there needs to be more talk around because there's people like you and I who have taken every certification under the sun. There needs yeah. to be a way to, to blend it in a way that feels right for them. And that just yeah. sounds like a beautiful place you're meeting people with. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to, it's, it can be easy. We can have fun, but there <laughs> is work. I'm going to yeah. say in the beginning, when you're building anything like us building this new funnel for the membership, Galactic Star Society, we're working. <laughs> There's, yeah. It needs to be built. But after is when you like reap in the magic. You know what I mean? Like after it's built and you know how to do it, it kind of runs itself and you can pop in. And so in the beginning, there is work and we are going to work, but you'll have me there with you. It's not just a program where I give you and you go off by yourself, self-study, mm. but you're going to be submitting everything in for critique, for feedback. And I'll literally help you build your program or your business. Yeah. That's so huge people. And I'm, I'm so happy that you're offering that. And along with people are shifting now to have these type of intentional accountabilities in there yeah. because people, especially at the beginning of their journeys, usually need that type of support. To oh, I needed it. Same. <laughs> I'm, you know, I've taken so many programs somewhere like, what am I doing? Somewhere like, oh, but I think it all adds up. It all helped me in some way. I love that. So yeah, we're going to have all of these links for everything from whatever awesome. part of this conversation you're interested in. It's going to be down below. Before I let you pop off, I'll give a little bit of a spiel too for those who haven't heard before, or haven't looked at the end of an episode before. I love to offer these for guests as a gift just to say thank you for being here. So for those who don't know, I do a mini cash flow channeling session for specific type of offers that if the guests want to bring in, they send me their link. I channel the frequency of their offer and kind of how it wants to come in, what it wants to say, all that kind of stuff. And it's just a quick minute that I want to share as a gift for you, but also I think it'll be interesting for people to hear. So this yeah, is about you. my pleasure. It's so much fun for me. Um, so for the cinnamon money spell, are you ready to hear kind of what came through? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So usually what comes through is when I'm tapping into the energy first, I usually get a lot of images of either what it looks like or what it feels like. And the first thing that came through was the literal star emoji, like the, the full star uh -huh. with the little, uh, with like the whole thing, like fully expressed star. Uh -huh. And the energy for the cinnamon money spell came as very elemental. I got like some water, then fire. It was almost like this alchemical feeling, like transmuting materials in front of your very eyes, mm -hmm. which makes sense as how much the like cinnamon and the, the materials kind of running together. Mm -hmm. What was interesting though, I sometimes will ask at the end, what wants to come through to help to grow this type of offer, whether it be free or paid for you, this one's free. It felt like what wanted to come through was like almost doing a mini push for it through demonstration. So like mm. for either All Hallows Eve or in the next few weeks before Thanksgiving, there was like this really big reminder message for you to like show them, like show them the spell or be very visual doing a reel or story or almost like a mini challenge attached to it so that you can like help them to see what, how much they can bring in and make it almost like a mini challenge for how how amazing can we make this money spell in your life for this month? Mm -hmm. That was really huge. When it came to tarot, you're a tarot queen. I am an oracle queen. So I'm going to give you the tarot and then you can go through with yeah. it. The one card I got, and I used the, the light seers tarot because it has beautiful imagery. Um, I got the queen of wands, which yeah. felt really impactful for this because the thing that I kept getting through outside of these first pieces were really that you have this offer, which is very unique. I've had a lot of offers that feel 
outside of the person, like the energy of the offer feels separate from the creator's energy. Mm. For you, this offer actually felt really imbued, encoded with parts of yourself. So like every time that I saw the offer in my mind's eye, it was, I saw your smile come up. Mm. And that's something I don't see often, but it shows like this is something that truly feels like it's in your DNA. It's been part of truly a part of you that came through cool. here. Yeah. And it's just super bright, but very still energy, like a sun who's not trying to prove themselves, but it's just like there to shine fully. Mm. And the cards that came through outside the queen of wands was I pull a card from a business uh, Oracle card deck. The thing that came through was approved. You are enough. When I asked what is, what action step does it want to come through? And it was just a confirmation that please, whatever you see as what's keeping you up at night, it's going to work out perfectly. And remember that what others want is none of your business. Cool. The last piece here was seeing this a literal message that I asked from it to tell you as you, Pamela, are stunning. You are golden. I hope to be as bright as you. Come with me so that I can be and let's relish in all the magic that can come through. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. That was super cool. <laughs> yeah, it's something that's just really fun to hear about, like kind of like the frequency of that. I think we all have our times when we tap into it. And it's something yeah. that I just love to do because it's just unique and hopefully gives you some type of things to, to feel into deeper after right. the podcast. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, I wrote it down. Thank you. No problem. Does it feel resonant for you? I like to make sure I ask that way. It's not like super far off. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm probably going to do what you tell me to do. <laughs> Great. That's why I have sessions like that. Because <laughs> everyone's like, let's just go forward. Okay. Uh -huh. So I'm super stoked. We went through so much here and I'm happy that people are going to take whatever they desire from it. Right. If you were to leave someone with something with like, I have this desire for the decks. I have a desire to even like tap into the galactic side. Mm -hmm. What is something that you wish you would have told your younger self that might've helped you in this journey that might've helped prolong or propelled you in different ways more than just the you know, doing certain things, what really felt like stuck home with you that you'd want to tell yourself? Mm, yeah. So I don't think it has to be, it doesn't have to be complicated. So if you think going into mm -hmm. magic and you do find a book and there's like all of these things that you have to get, you don't, it, that's not, it doesn't have to be like, like cinnamon money spell. It works and it's really simple. So you can go out and find other ways of simpler to manifest and also be patient. Publishing takes I don't want to like jinx. I don't want to, I don't like, like putting people, but <laughs> you, you learn to be patient in publishing. Mm -hmm. They have their own timeline and you just go with it. You have to be in flow. Don't think your first idea has to be the end idea. It's never like your, 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 your road is going to change. Everything's going to change and just let the publisher, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Trust their timing, trust them. And it's going to be beautiful. That's perfect. All right. Yeah. We've gone through so much. Thank you so much, Pamela, for coming on. I know everyone's going to want to like stalk you after this. I'll put all the yeah. links below and talk to you guys later. Bye guys. Thank you. Bye. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you want to dive in deeper or even book a one-off cash flow channeling sessions, I'll leave the link down below. It is something that I really love to do. That's just fun for me to be able to help you tap into your offer deeper, ask what it needs from you to help grow it both, whether it be free or paid, more sales, more reach in a way that you probably haven't had experience before. As you heard from Pamela's and everyone else I'll be doing this with, everyone's offer is different. The way it comes through is different, the tone of it. And I go through only in a few minutes. The sessions that I do with you are gonna be over 45 minutes. So we get to go in deep and also ask more clarifying questions on any action steps or what might be holding you back. So if you wanna go dive into that, go check out the link below and 
Patrick as me next episode. Bye, guys.